Good morning. Welcome to the Quincy Church of the Nazarene. This is May 31st, year 2020. The title is, If You Were Thirsty, Come. That title is gleaned from Jesus' words from John chapter 7, starting in verse 37. And I'll be reading now the NIV. It goes as follows, John chapter 7, starting at verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to this time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not been glorified. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are praying that your precious Holy Spirit will come and minister to each of our hearts, souls, our minds. And Father, I just ask that you'd go through these airwaves. Your precious Holy Spirit would go through these airwaves. And Lord, that we would hear the voice of Jesus say, If anyone this morning is thirsty, if anyone is going through a barren, dry time in their lives, Jesus is saying, Come, receive my precious Holy Spirit. And all who receive will have this abundant living water flowing from within. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever been thirsty? I mean, really thirsty. I know people who almost never take a drink of water. Coffee and soda seems just fine. Thank you. Jesus said on the greatest day of the feast, if anyone is thirsty, let them come and drink. Allow me to put this into context. Jesus made this claim during one of the feasts. The feast talked about is called the Feast of Tabernacle. To place it in Jesus' timeline, this would be the last time Jesus was, would celebrate it. Six months later, he would die by hanging on a Roman cross during another great feast, the Passover feast. Nine days before this particular feast, the Feast of Tabernacle, the greatest day of the feast mentioned in our text, Jesus' brothers taunt him and accuse him of showboating his gifts and ability, as if he were running for a political office or something. You know, like, watch this miracle, guys. They would say stuff, as recorded in John chapter 7, verse 2, when the Jewish Feast of Tabernacle was near, they said, you ought to leave here and go to Judea so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. Then they go on to say further, no one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. Jesus, however, knew that the religious leaders were looking for an excuse to put him to death. 
They had their lookouts ready for him. And when they didn't show at the start of the feast, the religious leaders asked Jesus' brothers where he was. Midway, however, through the celebration, Jesus and his disciples make an appearance. And shortly after arriving, Jesus uh, enters the temple courts and starts to teach. And those who listened had this to say. They were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having studied? The people were perplexed because they knew Jesus had not received formal theological studies like the other teachers. Jesus explains that his knowledge came from his Father, God, from heaven. Thus, every time Jesus would refer to himself in relation to God, the threatened religious leaders looked for opportunities to arrest them. Also, Every time Jesus taught, it caused more division and questions with those that, were, that being said. The scripture also tells us more and more of his listeners believed in him. This is recorded in the same chapter, verse 30. At this, the religious leaders tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Still many in the crowd put their faith in him. They said, when the Christ, when the Christ comes, will he do more, more miraculous signs than this man? And then our text. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Oh, the significance of Jesus' words on that last and greatest day of the feast. You see, the last day, the climax of the festival, was the eighth day. During the festival, the Jews celebrated the memory of how God protected their ancestors as they traveled across the wilderness to the promised land, guiding them on their way and providing for them every step of the way, whether it's manna or, 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 or birds. On one occasion, though, however, water from a rock. Every day during this festival, except for the last day, a priest stood in front of the temple with a golden pitcher of water and poured it over the rock. This commemorated the water flowing out of the rock that gave the Israelites water to drink. They performed this ceremony each day of the festival except the eighth day, when they offered public prayers for continued rain. It was on this last day when the water was not poured out that Jesus stood and said in a loud voice to all who can hear, If you are thirsty, come to me, and if you believe in me, come and drink. For the scripture declares that rivers of living water will flow from within. To desert dwellers, the words come and drink is like music to their ears. Kathy and I read a book together uh, titled The Boys in the Boat, where central Washington was described as a scab land. <laughs> that was during the building of the Grand Coulee Dam. Even with all the water that gets piped into our basin today, much of our beloved land 
is still considered scab land. <laughs> you and I, we just call it home, historically speaking, in Jesus' time. The nation of Israel was going through a particularly hard time, a dry time. They were experiencing drought conditions physically with little rain, but they were also spiritually dry. This water-pouring ceremony that the temple priests performed expresses their hope for future rain to produce an abundant harvest, but also because they were under Roman rule and were spiritually destitute. Even the Holy of Holies was empty and dry. Under these circumstances, that this was more of a plea than just for physical rain. It was a desperate cry that God would pour out his spirit, the living water that they longed for. That was the setting when Jesus chose to stand, stand and say in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, rivers of living water will flow from within. Jesus was telling them that the solution to their spiritual drought can be found in him, the true water of life. What a declaration. No wonder when he said this, some declared, this is the Messiah. The gospel writer explains to us why they would have to wait before they can experience this, this anointing. He, he declared it in a, verse 39. Up to this time, the Spirit had not yet been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. And John, the same writer, but in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus clarifies John's statement. Jesus says, But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send them to you. The book of Acts gives us insight to this statement. It's found in the first chapter. It goes and says, After he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proof that he was alive, this is Jesus, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And further on in, in the same chapter, it is recorded that while the disciples were watching, Jesus was taken away before their very eyes. And then in Acts chapter 2, the promised Holy Spirit comes. The fulfillment of which Jesus spoke about nine minutes, months earlier comes to fruition. On the last and greatest day when Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come and drink. <laughs> Streams of living water will flow from within him. In Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit made a grand entry 
flames like feathers came upon those waiting in the upper room and the sound like a hurricane. People from several blocks away hurried to the scene and the spirit filled the believers started to preach like no one has ever preached before. And the scripture tells us about 3,000 people became Christ followers and the church was born. All the Christ-centered churches today can trace their heritage to that Pentecost some 2,000 years ago. Corporate worship has been going on ever since. But there is still more. Because of this promised spirit, we, you and I, were able to continue with church even when our building doors were closed. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, and thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for making this available. But there is still more. Jesus is speaking directly right now to you. Whoever is thirsty, who is ever going through a barren desert, whoever has a parched, dry, non-productive existence, Jesus is saying, come. Come and drink deep from me, and he will quench your soul's thirst with his presence. His spirit, the spirit of God, will come. Richard Blanchard wrote this to describe what might be happening to you today. Like the woman at the well, I was seeking for things that could not satisfy. Does that sound familiar? Seeking for things that could not satisfy. And then I heard the Savior speaking, draw from my well that never shall run dry. There are millions in this world who are craving the pleasures earthly things afford, but none can match the wondrous treasures that I find in Jesus Christ my Lord. So my brother and sister, if the things this world gave you leaves hungers that won't pass away, my blessed Lord will come and save you if you kneel to him and humbly pray. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Fill my cup, fill it up, and make me whole. What a beautiful words to describe what Jesus wants to do in each of our lives. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I believe you are speaking into our hearts and souls right now. And if my brother or sister has this intense longing, that it doesn't matter uh, what they do, it just is not being quenched. This message is for them. And you are standing up right now in our hearts. And you are declaring that if anybody is barren, if anybody is parched, if anybody is thirsting, to come to him right now. And he will bring springs of living water flowing within because your Holy Spirit will be doing this mighty work. So, Lord, we ask for a new day right now.
come and quench this thirsting of our souls with your presence. And Lord, we know this is so by faith. We say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Until we meet again, stay tuned for next week's sermon. Same time, same station. And may God richly bless you as you find ways to minister to those around you. God bless you. Bye.